Psalm 125. A song of ascents. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. From this time forth and forevermore. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous. Lest the righteous stretch out their hands to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good. And to those who are upright in their hearts. But those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. This is God's word. Don't stand up if any of these questions applies to you. Don't raise your hand. I can see you and I know who many of you are. Do we have any young mothers here who just feel overwhelmed? Husband, kids, quite possibly work, stress, anxiety, concern. Young mothers? How about students, high school students? College students, seminary students, medical students. Exams are right around the corner for many. The incredible social pressure, relational pressure that students often face. Worry about the future. What am I going to do now? Where do I go from here? Where is the Lord calling me to go? What's he calling me To do. We have any parents that are disappointed with their children? Children that are disappointed with their parents. Some of you need jobs. Some of you would like a different job. But I know that some of you, I know you, I know some of you are in between and you need a job and you're worried, you're concerned, you're anxious. Some of you, some of you just received a diagnosis. Some of you just received a diagnosis, and it's not a real happy diagnosis. Some of you will receive a a diagnosis. Some of you, maybe all of you, chief of sinners up here, have a particular sin that you just can't kick. It just keeps coming back. This sin just seems to 
hunt me down day after day after day. And it won't leave me alone. We could go on. We have so many things, even as believers, let's be honest, like the Psalms are honest, like the Bible is honest. We have so many things as believers that, that create anxiety and worry and fear. Anything but peace. We've been reminded in poignant ways recently, haven't we, in Boston and in Texas. Korea, China, we could look all over the world and we find inner turmoil and external turmoil. Seemingly everywhere we look. I was reading some statistics this week. The Mayo Clinic claims that 80 to 85 percent of their total caseload can be traced back to worry and anxiety and fear. They say that coping with stress is one of our chief medical, psychological challenges in the United States. Where do we find peace? Right now. Today. Can it be done? Is it possible? It can be done and it is possible. If you're a believer. If you're a believer. And and Psalm 125 is a perfect place to start. In fact, we need Psalm Psalm 125 in our daily lives. Now. We need it. All of us. Uh, The famous Baptist preacher Charles... Spurgeon once said, for every condition there is a psalm. For every situation there is a psalm. Another writer a long time ago said something that stuck with me for years. Most of the Bible speaks to us. The psalms speak for us. When we have no words. I love that. And if you steep yourself in the Psalms, I think you'll find that to be true. They help us put into words and put into actions the the real live daily struggles in our lives. The real live daily challenges in our lives. And this Psalm in particular, in the time that we have this morning, I want us to see that this psalm tells us that in every circumstance, whether the sun is out or not, whether things are good or whether things are bad, whether you have clarity or confusion, there's two things, at least two things that every one of us as believers can cling to every day. Without exception. Nobody's accepted. Everybody who's a believer can cling to these things. Promises and prayer. Promises and prayer. And we see that very clear 
in this passage. We have been given in this passage promises that don't move, that don't change, that don't go away, that are true 24 hours a day for every one of us. That we need to know and we need to remember. Have you ever noticed how many life-changing, world-altering events in the Bible take place in or around mountains? Have you ever noticed that? After the great flood, Noah's ark comes to rest and settle on a mountain. Mount Ararat. When God comes to Abraham and tells him, I want you to sacrifice your son, Isaac. I want you to go up on the mountain, on Mount Moriah. When God introduces himself to Moses and calls Moses to his ministry, to his calling, to leading the people out of slavery, into freedom. And then God gives Moses and the people the law. He does it on a mountain. Mount Sinai. When God takes Moses up to look at the promised land, to view it and then to die, he does it on a mountain. Mount Nebo. When Elijah calls down fire from God and the prophets of Baal die, he does it on a mountain. Mount Carmel. And when Jesus Christ begins his public ministry, we read a little bit of it earlier in the service, he goes up on a mountain and preaches the sermon on the mount. When he is transfigured, before a Peter, James, and John, and Moses, and Elijah, he goes up on a mountain. He does much of his teaching from a mountain, Mount Olives. And finally, we could, we could go on and on. Toward the end of the Bible, in Revelation 21, John is given a vision about the end of time and the coming of the new heavens and the new earth. And the coming of Jerusalem down to earth. And he is taken up by the Holy Spirit in Revelation 21 on a mountain. What's the point? When you hear mountain. When we hear mount or mountain in the Bible. Something's going to happen. Something special. Something life changing. Something unique. So we need to take notice. We need to notice. What are the promises? The first promise here is those who put their trust in the Lord are like a mountain, are like Mount Zion. The first promise here is God's presence. You remember our pilgrims, as we've talked along the way, they're going up by the hundreds to Jerusalem to one of these great festivals. And they're singing and celebrating together. And as they walk along, the psalmist is essentially saying, look up there. 
Look at Mount Zion. That's where heaven and earth meet. That's where the temple is. That's where God is. And that can't be shaken. And in Him, in God, you are strong. You are like a rock. You are like Mount Zion. Which cannot be moved, but abides forever. What does Zion mean? A word we hear a lot. It means rock. Stronghold. Fortress. God is present here, now, in your life. It's a promise. He's present. For them, it's look at the mountain. For us, the Holy Spirit. God is present. Like Mount Zion, cannot be moved, abides forever. Secondly, he goes on, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. What a picture. Not only are you like Mount Zion, God surrounds you. He's present and he brings protection. He's protecting you. It's a promise. Mount Zion, a little geography lesson, Mount Zion, they know as they're walking up, they know that Mount Zion is not the tallest hill, it's not the tallest peak, it's surrounded by other tall hills and mountains. Here's the picture that he's giving them. Look up there, God is here. And just like Mount Zion, you are just like Mount Zion, but God is surrounding you just like those hills. He is all around you. He's present. He protects you. All the time. We've mentioned a couple of times a a little book that makes a good Bible study um, on uh, the Ascent Psalms. We've mentioned this, this book called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. We've mentioned it a couple of times, Eugene Peterson's book. I want you to hear how he sums up these promises. Presence, protection. Listen to what he says. My feelings are important for many things. They are essential and valuable. They keep me aware of much that is true and good and real. But they tell me next to nothing about God or my relation to God. My security comes from who God is, not from how I happen to feel. My security comes from who God is. And then he quotes the passage, As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about His people. The image that announces the dependable, unchanging, safe, Secure existence of God's people comes from geology, not psychology. Our feelings and our emotions come and they go. God comes and stays. We go up and down. 
We come and go. God comes. He stays. He never leaves. He's present and He protects. Look at the rock. Look at the hills. But not only that, another promise for them and for us, presence, protection, is ultimate victory. Look how honest he is in verse 3. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous stretch out their hands and do wrong. Scepter of wickedness means foreign occupation, enemies, oppression. What's he saying? This struggle, this trial, this anxiety, this fear will not last He will not take you to the breaking point. It will not last. He's honest. Life's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. There's a a scepter of wickedness. But God will be victorious. I mentioned Boston earlier. I have a friend that lives in the north of Boston. And when the bombings took place, I immediately thought of him. I called him. In fact, I I talked to him fairly often. He's been a mentor to me since my late teens. And I called him um, and I said, Look, I, I, I want you to know that we're thinking about you and praying for you and your family. And he very much appreciated and said, We need it. And as we were talking, I was reminded we talked about a lot of things through the years like like we do. But he wrote a little book called Flesh and Blood Jesus a few years ago. It's still in print. And the emphasis or focus of this book is that Jesus, yes, is fully and truly God, but he's also fully and truly man, a human being. And there's a chapter in this book a little chapter in this book that's titled The Stories Our Wounds Tell. The Stories Our Wounds Tell. And he wrote it in response to a diagnosis. He wrote it in response to his wife being diagnosed with cancer. And I want to read a little bit of it to you. I am currently accompanying my wife, Kathy, through a difficult journey of early-stage breast cancer. Two surgeries, chemotherapy, and radiation treatments. As I have watched her face this harsh reality with authentic faith in Jesus and with her amazing sense of humor intact... I have recalled other scars that she has borne during our 37 years together. Her emergency surgery after the birth of our daughter, Marie. Her car accident after which she was cut out of the car and care flighted to the hospital. And now, cancer. Surgery. 
But this is what I want you to hear. Listen to what he says. All of these scars make her beautiful body a living memorial of God's faithfulness. All of these scars make her a living memorial to God's faithfulness. Her offering her body as a living sacrifice to God. Her scars participate in the love of Jesus and transform painful experiences into grace-filled memories and signs of hope. How many times as we look back and remember If you are a Christian and have been a Christian for any length of time, you can look back and you can remember those scars. You can remember those trials. You can remember those pains. God walked with me through that. He was there and He protected me and He didn't take me to the point of absolute despair. He was there. God, for you today, right now, for you today, He promises to be present. He promises to protect. And He promises that whatever this is, it's not going to last forever. And He will be victorious in your life. Do you believe that? Through all the ups and downs, through all the trials, through all the struggles, those promises are true. They're true, according to this psalm. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man or mankind. God is faithful, and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. That's a promise. Now, he moves from promises to prayer, and it's almost as if to illustrate. It's beautiful. It's almost as if to illustrate. God does not call you to suck it up and be strong and just plow through it all by yourself. Just suck it up. Try harder. Be faithful. No, he moves from the promises to prayer. And and we can and should do the same. God is not saying, tough it out. He's saying, talk to me. Come to me. You can't have a relationship with somebody you don't talk to. Yes, the promises are there, but then God invites you. Come to me. Cry out. Talk to me. Bring me your cares. Pray from where you are, not from where you think you should be. Be honest. Look what he does. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, to those who are upright in their hearts. But those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. Bring goodness, bring justice, bring judgment, bring peace. 
he cries out to God. Rescue us, comfort us, defeat our enemies. How do we pray this prayer? All those promises are true. What do we do with this prayer? Well, believe it or not, we know something he didn't. We know something he didn't. We live on this side of the cross. We know that when he prays for goodness and justice and judgment and peace, all of that comes together and is accomplished at one single spot in the future, right at the cross. It all, everything that he is praying for, all the promises, everything that he's praying for is fulfilled at the cross and comes together in Jesus. What was the message of the angels? In Luke chapter 2, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. The Apostle Paul in Romans 5 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In Colossians 1, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile himself to all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. And then in Ephesians 2, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And here it is. He Himself is our peace. He Himself is our peace. Jesus said in John 14, Peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives. My peace I leave with you. Let not your hearts be troubled And don't be afraid. Let not your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. And then in John 16, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus. We know something the psalmist didn't. Jesus is our Mount Zion. Jesus is our rock. Jesus is the hills that surrounds us. Jesus is our peace. Our peace is found in Him. Now, if you've been asleep until now, wake up. This is important. The other stuff was important, but this is really important. Look, sometimes when we come to the Psalms, we kind of see a a lonely, isolated individual wrestling with God. 
I had a conversation with somebody after the first service that, that thought that. No. This is not, sometimes we read this as a lonely, isolated individual wrestling with God and going back and forth. No. These are the Psalms of Ascent. Hundreds of people are singing this and praying this together. Let's not miss that. Hundreds of people are singing it and praying it together. What does that say? It says we need each other. We are members one of another, as Paul says. We're made for fellowship with one another. What do you say when you have no words? Have you ever been there? You know, I certainly have as a pastor. Every week, seems like. Some tragedy, some difficulty, some diagnosis. What do you say? What do you say? You say this. What this psalm has said. God is here. God is present. He's surrounding you. He's protecting you. This will not last. Let's pray. This will not last. Let's pray. They are singing as a group, as a people, as a congregation, as Israel, together, remembering the promises. And engaging in prayer. I had someone call me this week. I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to get those calls. But I got it this week. I hope you get these calls. And somebody says this. I need prayer. Or I'm struggling. Or I don't know what to do. Or where is God? You can use this psalm right here. Go to this psalm. Let's make this really practical. Go to this psalm the next time you get that call. And remember who God is for us and that He calls us to come to Him. It gives us words. It gives us direction in times like that. You can be strong in Him. He is here for you. He is protecting you. He will be victorious. This will not last. Let's pray. Let's pray. We can sum up this song of peace or this peace song this way. Peace is not the absence of suffering. It's not the absence of trial. It's the presence of Jesus. Peace is not the absence of suffering. It's the presence of of Jesus, even when it's raining outside really hard and it's getting dark and the thunder and lightning is coming. Perfect timing. When the clouds come, when the rain comes, when the thunder comes, this is true. It's true. He is our rock. Let's pray.
Lord, in the, the quietness of this moment, as we reflect on Your Word, as we reflect on Your promise to be present and to protect and be victorious, and then to invite us to to pray for goodness and justice and peace, all of that being accomplished by Jesus. We pray that we love Your Word and that we lean on it when everything else has fallen apart but we would remember to do it together. We would remember to do it together. To sing together, to pray together, to remind each other, to listen, to encourage, to be there for one another as the body of Christ. And Lord, more than anything, we pray that we would remember the words of Jesus. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. In me you have peace. I am your rock. Thank you and praise you for this song. And we pray that it would be a part of our lives from here on out. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.